We're talking about the subject of faith. Anybody getting anything out of this subject? Learning something you didn't know before? I mean, we should be, right? There should be something like, I didn't see that before. Thank you, Lord, right? Because he's helping us. There's no coincidence you're here this morning. You're here for a reason. You need to hear something today that's gonna help you for the rest of your life, amen? So you should pay attention. You should value it, not because it's me, right? But because I went and sought the Lord and the Lord gave me something for you, amen? It's the Lord that is presenting this message, amen? So we value it. We take notes. We write some stuff down. We put some stuff on our phones. Ooh, that was, I needed to hear that, right? Right? If you value it, you, you write it down, don't you? Okay, go to the grocery store. I got a list because I value coming home with the right stuff. Amen. It's important. Thank you, Lord. The ABCs of faith, the basics of faith. The very first thing we got to understand what is what the definition of faith is, what faith is, right? It's a firm persuasion, a conviction based on what we have heard. It is simply, faith is simply what we believe, what we hold to be true. We've got to know what faith is, true? And we also have to know how faith comes. Faith comes by it comes by how? How many times you got to hear? You got to keep hearing it, right? Faith can come the first time you hear it, but the, guess what? You got to keep you got to keep hearing it, right? You got to keep hearing it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And it's implied that you have accepted what you heard as truth. Is that true? It's implied that we're hearing the word and we're accepting it as truth. If you reject it as truth, faith does not come. It does not come. You have to hear it as truth and receive it as truth, right? That's how faith comes. You gotta know what faith is. You gotta know how faith comes. If you don't know those two things, you'll miss it in faith. However, when you know those two, when you know to ask yourself those two questions, right, you can always find out whether you're in faith or not. Am I in faith about this? Do I know what it is? Do I know how faith comes? If you're answering those questions the right way, you know you're in faith. That's good news, amen? And we're in this third one, faith must be released. Everybody say that, faith must be released. It's got to be released, amen? You've got to let it go. And if we're going to have faith in something in the word, we've got to have faith not only in the promise, what God said, but also in the promisor, amen? We've got to have faith in the character of God because it will dictate whether you're believing or not. Can we trust him, right? Does he have a good character? Is he trustworthy? Amen, if the promiser is trustworthy, then the promise, the promise is sure. Is that true? Is that true? If you're picking me up from the airport and you say you're going to get me, right, and I believe you, then I can trust you're going to be there right? Come on now, we can do this with our Heavenly Father. If he's trustworthy, then the promise is sure. Is that true? But faith's got to be released. It's got to be released. So there's two sides, there's two sides to faith. There's the obtaining part of faith. You've got to get it. You've got to know what it is, and you've got you've to acquire faith by hearing, right? And then once you've got it, once you've got faith, you've got to do something with it, amen? You've got to obtain it, and then you've got to release it, right? You've got to release it. There's two great big piles of people in the world that are not receiving results. The first pile is a whole bunch of people that have no faith whatsoever. No faith whatsoever. Whether it's just in the subject or in God himself. No faith. And that either comes from just not believing what you heard or not hearing. There's a whole bunch of people that haven't heard. In America, there are people that don't know that Jesus died for their sins and they don't have to go to hell. Think about that a country founded on Christian principles. The church has not done the job that we should be doing. We can do better. Amen? Say that with me. I can do better. Come on, we're the church. We can do better. Amen? We can let people know. There's a whole group of people that have no faith because they have not heard. They have not heard. 
They might be born again. They might even be saved. They might be serving the Lord in the church, but they haven't heard that God wants them whole and healed, right? They haven't heard that God wants them provided for and blessed and increased. They haven't heard that. So there's no faith whatsoever that God wants to meet their needs. And there's a whole bunch of people that have heard the word that God wants to meet your needs, to provide for you, to heal your body, and did not receive it as truth. Did not receive it as truth. Heard the word, did not receive it as truth. Whole bunch of people. There's no faith there. If you don't receive it as truth, you either haven't heard or you rejected it as truth. You rejected the truth. No faith. Come on now. We've been there. We've been there. Oh, I I know somebody had all the faith in the world and it just didn't turn out right. Come on now. There's another group of people. There's another group of people over here. They've got the faith. They've heard. They've received it as truth. Guess what's not happening? They're not releasing their faith with their words. Same results. No faith. None. Rejected it as truth. Don't believe in God or believe in God, but don't believe he's the healer. Don't believe he's the provider. Getting the same results as I believe all of it and I'm not using my mouth to work. Think about that. What boat are you in? Because if you're in a spot where you need to hear more word, right, you need to receive more word so that your faith can be encouraged and strengthened, then, then get it. Go find it. It's all over the place. Read your Bible. Listen to other preachers, right, that are teaching you the whole counsel of the word of God. Get it in you. But don't let, it, don't let it stalemate. Don't let it stagnate in there, right? You get faith, and it comes over here into unreleased. What happens to a dead, dead faith, huh? What happens to dead bodies and dead stuff and dead cabbage and dead? It stinks. It stinks, right? You've got all this faith in you, and you're not using your mouth to release your faith. It's stinking, You see that? Same results. Heard the word, received it as truth, but you're not letting it move your mouth. The primary way, everybody say that, the primary way I use my faith is with my words. Come on now, you've got to speak what you believe. You've got to speak what you believe. And God has set it up that when you speak, you're also hearing yourself. When you speak, you're hearing yourself. The number one preacher in your life on a day-to-day basis is you. You need to be preaching to yourself all the time because you're doing it anyway. And guess what? You're receiving results. You're getting exactly what you're saying. You can look around your life and go, how did I get here? I can tell you. It's that hole under your nose. It been talking you right to that spot. That's how you got there. You and me included. I have woken up and going, I don't want to be here. This is not where I want to be. And God told me, change what you say. Change what you say. Because the faith was in me for different, for better, but I was not guarding my mouth. Saying your feelings, talking about the circumstances. Even just the way we pray, Jesus never prayed, God, look at this situation. Oh, it's a mess. Right? He spoke the solution. Modern psychology wants you to talk about the problem, get it all out, air everything out, right? This is the world's way. 
It's the world's way. God's way is, there's a problem. Let's speak to it, not about it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. If you were wondering if I was getting the scripture, I was just in the review. So stay with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Come on now. God is good. God is good. Thank you, Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You guys doing okay? I'm not chastising you. I'm just trying to help you. Amen. We got to hear something. Amen. Got to be challenged somehow. In our words is a great place to get started in in getting challenged. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 13. Thank you, Lord. I'm in first. It's a good scripture, but it's not where I want to go. 4.13. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore speak. We also believe, and therefore speak. Come on now. There's a believing, and there's a speaking. There's a believing, and there's a speaking. And when you say it out of your mouth, you hear it with your ears, and it comes back, and it reinforces the word you just said, good or bad. I'm encouraging you to speak the word. I'm encouraging you to speak what God said about you, right? What the word says about you, that you're blessed and healed and whole, right? And the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. Come on now. You've got to be able to say this and hear it come back around because it reinforces what you believe. You're hearing the word, amen? Over and over. You're the greatest preacher in your life, good or bad. You've got to hear yourself say it. Yeah? Okay. Mark 11. Mark 11. Wear this place out in your Bible right here. Mark 11. Thank you, Lord. Mark 11, verse 22. Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Other translations say, Have the faith of God. Come on now. Have the God kind of faith. Thank you, Lord. 23, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Now look at this. He's saying, says to the mountain, right? The mountain is symbolic of a problem, a circumstance, a speed bump, a roadblock, something in your path. He didn't say climb it, go around it. He said, say to the mountain. Come on now. Say to the, what's in front of you? What's bogging you down? What's hindering you? What's keeping you? from doing what God called you to do. There might be some hindrances. True? I mean, it happens. This is life, right? Circumstances. Jesus said, if you speak to the mountain. Come on, keep, keep reading. And you say to it, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Come on. Okay, verse 23. Go to verse 23. Look at this. Verse 23 has the word say in it, like a whole bunch of times, right? For I say to you, this is Jesus saying it to you. Whoever says, that's that's me, say that's me. You're the whoever, right? Whoever, whoever, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says, will be done. He will have whatever he... Come on now, this is Jesus, the master talking. 
the master. And look what look at the difference between the believing and the saying, right? You can see it over there too, but look, look at the believe. How many believes? There's one believe. The word say is four times, and specifically he's talking to believers to say three times. Whoever says, right, believes that those things which he says will have whatever he says. You're going to have to focus on, think about this, you're going to have to focus on the saying part of your releasing your faith three times more than the believing part. Boy, whoever can tame the tongue, it's a world of iniquity, right? Able to set on fire the course of hell, right? The Bible's saying, man, we got we to gotta tame our tongue. The believing part for believers, I believe, is easy. It's easy. This is the easy part. When we see that God loves us and he cares about us and he wants to do good for us, we can equate that to a good father whether we had a good father or not. We can see other examples of going, God loves me. And he is a good father and he is, his will is to do good to me. Thank you, Lord. I think we can get to the believing part easier than we can control the talking part. And I think Jesus was making a point of it right here because he said it three times. You've got to watch what you say. You've got to bridle that tongue, right? And we think of bridle, we said this last week, we think of bridling as we're just holding back our tongue, right? We're just, you know, reining it in. But the reins, the bridle steers the horse too in a direction, right, left, forward, make a turn. Come on now. You're steering the course of your life by the words of your mouth. I mean, it's true. It's true. And you're going to have to work on the saying part three times harder than the believing part. I'm telling you, it's, it's the tongue wants to say what it wants to say and say what it wants to feel and, or just, or we, some of it just got good at just not saying anything. I don't feel like, I feel like saying a whole bunch of stuff. I'm not going to say anything. That's the moment when you need to turn the course and say, I'm going to say what I believe from the word, right? I'm not just going to be quiet. I'm going to say what I believe. I'm going to turn the tide of this thing right here, right now. When your words, they're important. They're important. And we just don't put enough emphasis on it. Like, man, we've got to watch what we say. We've got to be the greatest preacher in our life. What does the word say? Problems comes up, what does the word say? I got a situation I'm dealing with. What does the word say? Right? Am I talking to some believers this morning? Come on now. We got to watch what we say. It will, it will absolutely render ineffective the plans of the enemy in your life when he comes to try to get you to say something. He's always trying to get you to say something. Just say this. You're feeling this. This is what the doctor said. Just agree with it and tell everybody you know. He's trying to get us to agree, to concur, to... And the Lord says, mm, don't say that. Don't agree with that. It doesn't matter what the facts look like or the circumstances look like. What does the word say? He has overcome the world, right? And we are overcomers. Come on now. By the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. It's true. We got to speak. We've got to speak. <laughs> Last week we saw Abraham. Right, talking to his son Isaac, and Isaac's putting two to two together, and he's like, "Okay, we've got the sacrifice, and we've got, or we've got the wood, and we've got the, we're going to the sacrifice, but we don't have the sacrifice." And he's like, "Dad, where's the sacrifice?" And <laughs> Isaac was a sacrifice. <coughs> Excuse me. And Abraham, out of faith, said, "The Lord will provide." Come on now, when you just don't know what to say, you can just say, "God will provide." God will provide. 
Come on now. God will provide. Is that true? Just get it out. Something turns when you start agreeing with God. Come on. You might get, you might get news. There might be a day when you get news and you're just like, like somebody just come up and just gut punched you. Everybody, anybody fallen on your stomach or had the wind knocked out of you, right? Sports. Nobody? Come on. Y'all need to get more active. Thank you. Got the wind knocked out of you, right? I remember I was running down a hill as a nine-year-old over in Seattle, and they terrace these grassy hills. And the nice thing about grassy hills is that birds like to hang out on them, and they do their business. Makes it extremely slick. So I'm running down this hill. You know, you've seen those terraced hills like this? Feet come out on one, and I'm airborne to the next one. Hit right on my tailbone. Just, boom. Just knock the wind out. So... I'm on all fours in poop. It was disgusting. Covered. And dad's like, are you okay? You know? Dad's like, I ain't going up there. It's nasty. You okay? Knock the wind out of you. But sometimes something will hit you and it'll knock the wind out of you, right? But how you respond, come on now, is going to set the course. Because I'm telling you, the devil's waiting for you to stay down. When you get back up, just angry that he took a shot at you. Angry. No, this ain't happening. My God's a big God, right? My God's a provider. He's my healer. Amen? He has never let me down, and he never will. Come on now. Then he's like, crud. I thought we had him. But you got to get up, right? You experience that. You got to get up. You got to get after it right now. Right now. Don't wait, don't wallow, don't lay there. Get up and say, guess what? Guess what I know? That was a gut punch. That was a low blow. But guess what I know? My God will provide. Come on now. He's my healer. He's my provider. He has never failed. Come on now. I heard a fighter say this. You can relate to this. I heard a fighter say this one time. When, you, when you're in a, in a, in a fight whether it's martial arts or boxing, if you take the best lick that they can give you, your opponent gives you the best shot. It takes everything in you to just turn around, wipe that off, and smile, right? But if you can do that, your opponent's like, that was my best shot. That was the best I had, and he's smiling? Are you kidding me? I'm in trouble. It's true, and the enemy is a, he is, he will run from you. I'm telling you, when you know who your God is, and you stand in the face of adversity, and you smile, smile back and go, that's your best? That's all you got? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you what I heard in the word. Come on now. That's you just going right back at him. And you have to, and you can't do it in your quietness. You gotta do it with your words. You got to speak it out. You got to come at them with everything you got. This is what the word says. Man, I'm telling you, that's called submitting to God and resisting the devil. And the next part of the verse says, and he will flee from you. There's a moment in time when you're faced with something, right? Right at the beginning, we got to be prepared for this. We got to understand it's a gut punch. It's designed to put you down and keep you down. Recognize it. There's a gut punch that happens when you get news. When something comes up you weren't expecting, right? There's a moment there where you got a choice. What do you say right now? Because you got to suck the air back in, right? Dust it off. Give them a little smile and say, guess what the word says? That's when when that, 
that attack, that tide, that starts to turn right back in your favor. Nothing is impossible to them that will leave. Nothing. Nothing. Come on now. Do I have some believers in here? Because I think as a church, we've done good about getting faith. We put faith in, oh, we believe God, he's good, he's got good character, and we forget about the saying part, three times more than the believing part. We gotta say it. We gotta hear ourselves. We gotta get up in the morning, and we gotta speak what we believe. If you gotta write that stuff down, do it. Write down what God's talking to your heart about in your life, what you're believing for. Get up in the morning and say, this is what I believe. This is what God's talking to me about. This is what his word says. Get after it. You want change? That's how you get it. I'm telling you, your words. Unreleased faith is just as stinky as no faith at all. No results. You're not going to get anything until you begin to believe and speak and believe and speak and say it out of your mouth and loop that baby back in and say it. I mean, like on repeat, right? Just wearing that tape out. Yeah, I believe this. And something happens on the inside where it just starts coming up where you're just hearing yourself talk words of faith and words of increase, right? And words of health. And your body's like, well, guess what? We better start getting in line, start fixing this stuff because it's working. Words are working, they're containers. They will affect the natural world. But it starts with speaking what you believe. Amen. If our faith isn't strong enough to move our mouth, it is never gonna move a mountain. Come on now, if our faith isn't strong enough to move our mouth, if what we believe isn't strong enough to make us speak what we believe, you can forget talking to mountains. We have got to speak what we believe. And hear it again, and hear it again. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Proverbs 16, 23 says this, the heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. Come on now, do I got some wise people in here? I got some people that, that know where to get some wisdom if they need it? Come on now. The pages of your Bible is full of truth and wisdom. Come on now, the, the, the heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. Something on the inside of you, right, is trying to teach your mouth to speak the right things. It's your spirit. It's the real you on the inside. It's the one that knows God and is infused with his presence, is trying to teach your mouth how to get results. Speak it, see it happen. That's how faith works. Come on now. 99% of the stuff that you see God do in your life will be a, a result of you believing in your heart and speaking with your mouth. There are times when the Lord intervenes in our lives and we get miracles because he loves his kids. But I'm telling you, living from miracle to miracle is not what we were designed to do. We were designed to live and operate and work and operate in the spirit so that we don't have to go from crisis to crisis to crisis to crisis. Lord, I need a miracle. I need another one. I need another one. He'll help us. He'll intercede and he'll help us. But we are designed to walk in the spirit, to avoid some things, right? To get out of the way of some attacks, to come head on, tell mountains to move. Come on now. We're designed to live in the spirit, to walk this way. Thank you, Lord. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth, adds learning to his lips. Jesus chastised the Pharisees. And he said, you brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? This is Matthew 12, verse 34. 
He said, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Man, on the inside is the word. You got to put it in. You got to sow it in the good soil of your heart. Come on now. Because when that comes into abundance, when that starts producing fruit, it's going to come out of your mouth, right? It's got to. You've got to let it. You've got to work it. You've got to cultivate the soil of your heart and speak out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. There's things in us that need to be weeded out, rooted out. That's why we're saying the wrong stuff. We're believing some things about ourselves and about this world and about our creator that just need to be weeded out, that just aren't true. But we can do it. Amen? We can do it. Thank you, Lord. Then he goes on to say, he says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to, to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. Are words important to Jesus? I mean, we're going to give an account for every idle word. What does that mean? It means any word that isn't producing in your life. Any word that's not producing the life of God in you, you're going to give an account for that. Think about that. Not heaven or hell account, but you're going to give an account for your words. Words are important, true? I mean, come on now. We don't see Jesus saying any idle words. Right? He had conversations. He's not talking about conversations, you know, when you're talking with people and, hey, pass me the milk. Oh, that's an idle word. No, it produced milk in my life. You know what I mean? It's like, (laughs) we're not talking about little stuff like this, right? We're talking about stuff where you're just like, boy, I just, I don't know about that. And I don't know if God can do that. And, and what about, what about this situation? And what about this health issue? And boy, my mama's mama's mama had this and it was all passed out. Come on now. Idle words producing junk in your life. You're going to, we're going to give an account we got to be careful. Is that true? Confession, listen to this. Confession builds the road on which faith carries its mighty cargo. I'm going to explain this to you. I'm going to explain it. Ready? I'm going to explain it to you. (laughs) Confession builds the road on which faith carries its cargo. When you speak, it's like you're putting together a brick, right? That's going to be laid on the road on the path of what you're believing for. Now, you're believing it in your heart and you're speaking it with your mouth, but there's a road that needs to be paved. There is almost always a time between when you have believed and spoken it and then you see it come to pass. That's why Paul said, hold fast the confession of your faith. You got to keep saying it. I'm telling you, when you speak, you are literally laying bricks down in front of you, building the road on which faith is going to carry the cargo to the destination where it manifests in your life. You're going to be somewhere in five years or 10 years. You're going to be somewhere alive and well. Amen. I'm believing for you. You're going to be somewhere. Do you want to be in a better place than you are right now? Or do you want it to be status quo the same? Come on now. There's progress to be made. Between now and down that road, you can be building the road the whole way. And you can be receiving from God the whole way. Because I'm telling you, if you don't build the road on which faith is carrying its cargo, it has nowhere to go. There's no path for it to travel. You have to speak it. You have to speak it. I'm telling you, you speak it, you're like literally laying bricks down in this road on which your faith will carry cargo to its destination where you are destined to receive what you're believing God for. 
and it doesn't take 20 years. There are things that might take us 20 years, but it didn't take God 20 years. It took him 20 years to get it in us so we could receive it. It's true. You don't gotta wait 20 years to be healthy. You do not. You just need to see it in the word, believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth and you will immediately begin to start seeing changes in your body. It might take your body some time to recover from what you have done. It's true. But our bodies, man, are miracles. God has done some tremendous things in us and he will add his super to our natural and see effect and a cure. But, and it's, I'm telling you, if you start agreeing with the word and speaking it, you're gonna see it happen quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker. And how, what happens to a snowball, right? Starts off slow, but as it gains size and momentum, it also gains speed. True? And it gets to the bottom quicker than it started. This is true. This is true. Confession builds the road on which faith carries its cargo. If you're believing God for something, it will show up. It will come. But you're gonna have to release your faith with your words. Amen? You guys doing okay? 1106. We've been in church for an hour and six minutes. Everybody still okay? Thank you, Lord. Nothing will establish our faith quicker or build it faster than hearing ourselves confess the word of God. Nothing will establish and build your faith as quickly as confession. Your confession. Come on now. It's the word. It's the believing and the speaking. The putting it in your heart and releasing your faith. Man, it builds faith. Faith comes by hearing. Come on now. You're hearing yourself when you're speaking the word. Is that true? You're hearing yourself when you're talking about circumstances and problems. We never saw Jesus talk about problems. That's the world's way. I'm not saying you just clam up and say nothing to nobody, but you can, you can tell your faith buddies what's going on, and then they'll help you speak in faith. You gotta be careful about what you're talking about and who you're talking about it with. There are people that you can share your heart with and say, this is what's going on, that you know that are not gonna be gossips about it, right? And are not gonna keep bringing up the problem. They're gonna help you with the solution because that's the answer, amen? Come on now. It's not the problem we need to focus on. It's the answer. It's the answer. Nothing will build faith as quickly as hearing yourself speak the word of God. You are your greatest preacher. Come on now. This is true with young couples, with singles, with older married folks. I mean, come on now, young couples. You want, you want a better marriage, right? You want better relationships? You want better finances? You want better health? Come on now. Even talking about your spouse. Talk about your spouse good, especially to other people. Man, you calling your mama and telling him what a rascal he is? Mm-mm. If you're a good mama and your kid's telling you that, you just say, you're talking to the wrong wall, right? Don't talk to me. Hang up. Don't listen to that mess. Tell your kids to go back and work it out with their spouse. Don't side with them. You're not helping. And don't do it. Don't complain to other people about your spouse. Speak life over them. You want a husband that's a spiritual leader? Start talking about them being a spiritual leader. Pray it. Believe it. Speak it. Confess it. Come on now. Proverbs 31. Guys, you want a Proverbs 31 wife? It's right there. Pray it out. Speak it out. Don't talk about the problems. The problems get you nowhere. The stuff that bugs you about your mate gets you nowhere when that's all you dwell on and think about and talk about. You gotta let that stuff go. 
you got to focus on what's good, what's, what's true and right and acceptable, right? Right? Come on now. Singles, you want to find somebody? You're believing God for somebody? Want to be married? Godly man, godly woman, right? Marriage, one man, one woman, let's be clear. You're believing God for a mate? Start talking about who that mate is. Start believing God. Start actively speaking about what God is, wants to do in your life, who you're believing for. Amen. Come on now, it's up to, you. It's up to us. Even the, folks, even the folks that are here that you've been in church a long time, you've heard this message dozens of times, maybe hundreds, right? There's still something for you. What we have to guard against when we're hearing the word is guarding against any tradition that's, that's different than what the word says. Even if we think it's founded in the word, we've got to be willing to go, okay, Lord, show me, check me up. If I'm, if I'm missing it, I need to know. He will reveal himself to you. Amen? We need to be on target. We can't afford to hold to things that we should have let go a long time ago. It's true. We can't. I mean, no matter what we're taught or what we believe, we got to go, okay, Lord, show me, check me. I want to be as effective for you in this life as I can possibly be. If I'm wrong, show me. I want to fix it. That is a humble heart. Somebody that says, "Mm, I got this all figured out. Heard it. Got it. Did it. Got the (laughs) t-shirt. Pride. And pride will keep you from growing in the Lord. It'll keep you from taking the next step. Yeah? (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 1 Peter 2.24 says that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we were healed. Come on now, my English majors. What's were? Is that a present? Is that a future or is that a past? It's past, right? We were. That means it's already done. Already done. God has provided everything for you that pertains to life and godliness. He has made it all available. We are not trying to rend from the hand of God something he has already freely given us. Open hand, right? What we're learning right now is just how to receive it because it's open hand. We don't have to convince God of anything. We don't have to twist his arm. And, and I'll just say this too. When you're praying, I, like let's say, let's say something comes up, right? And people are praying. That's, it's good, but it is not a matter of how many thousands of people we can get to pray about a situation that will affect it in God's favor or in our favor. It's not the number. It's not the number. You could get 100,000 people praying and it will not change if they're not praying a biblical prayer. It, it takes one person of faith. Come on now. It's good. It's good that we pray. It's good that when we hear stuff going on, we just, yes, Lord, I'm in agreement in Jesus' name. Come on now. And when you, when you ask people for prayer, you make sure you're asking people to know how to pray. Because if they're just whiners and wailers and criers and please God and none of that, don't even call them. Because they, they are not helping. Right? You got to call your faith buddies, your faith friends. It's not the sheer number, right? It's what's prayed in faith. It's good that we pray. We should. When people call, yeah, I'm, pray- I'm in agreement with you. Come on, let's go get it, right? We should be. But we should not be astonished by the number. Most of those people, by and large, can I be honest? Most, if you got 100,000 people praying for one thing, most of those people are not praying scriptural prayers. 
I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. It's true. It's true. You've been around Christianity very long at all. You start hearing stuff like, uh, I don't know about that one. It was sincere, but mm, it, was, it was so far off. We just got to watch it. Amen? We got to watch it. Okay. Words is like a subject that will always come up for us because it's important. Amen? You got to talk about saying three times more than you talk about believing. I know this to be true. So it will come up again, but we're going to go on. We're going to go on in the next couple of weeks before we get to Easter to finish up our course on faith of the ABCs of faith, right? That faith must be fed, that faith must be released. Like that was where we were at was faith must be released, that faith must be allowed to lead, right? And then, and then talking about faith, the face shield. We got two more weeks before Easter. Is that right? Two more weeks and then Easter. So I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. To, with each other, right? Everybody, you're in households with, e- with each other today. You're in households, right? And you got friends. Encourage each other what you're saying. Watch what you're saying. Watch what you're saying, amen? Check it up. What does the word say? Amen? It'll change your life. It'll change your life. It's good news. This is good news, amen? Because Jesus watched his words, right? Jesus watched his disciples' words and said, mm, that's not right. <laughs> what you just said wasn't right. He was guarding them because words are important, Amen? And we've got to learn to release our faith, gather faith, pull it in. Faith comes by hearing, but then you've got to release it. You've got to speak it out, hear yourself, be your, be your best preacher, amen? Can I pray for you?